Hey, June. Hey. So, uh, it's been a while since we've overanalyzed. What's going on, man? I know. Uh, well, you know, um, new baby. Oh, yeah. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. That happened. <laughs> we'll see if we get any, uh, guest appearances on this show. <laughs> he, he's not, he's not big enough to walk and intrude yet. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll probably leave my two and a half year old for that, to do that still. <laughs> yeah. But right, yeah, yeah, so. Yeah, that was, that was good. Um, Let's see. Well, his name is Sebastian, so he's our second son, and uh, the entire labor was three and a half hours. I feel like um, that's very short from what I hear. Yeah, it was over before it began for me. You, like, texted me with, like, the red alerts. I woke up, and then shortly thereafter, I had a picture of the kid, and I was like, that was ridiculously fast yeah yeah no i mean when people say like oh you know your first labor 12 hours okay well your second you know and subsequent labors are going to be shorter but i didn't think it'd be that much shorter i mean carolina's first labor was already like maybe six hours but um i i i was sort of worried i was going to have a a larry kalankowitz situation where where, Mm -hmm. uh where basically this coworker of ours um he had his son in the car. <laughs> yeah, on the way there. Yeah, on the way to the hospital. Yeah, and some random person's like what uh, driveway and was like, "All right." Yeah, <laughs> and just delivered in the car. I think he was on the phone with um with like nine one one, and and they were walking him through like take off your shoelace, tie, like, yeah, shoelace tie the umbilical cord with your shoelace. I'm like, oh my goodness, uh, that's that's quite the experience. Yeah, that's a story. Yeah. And apparently when the ambulance when they saw the ambulance it drove past them and then yeah, he I had to that, like yeah. <laughs> he had to like run after or something and wave it down and then came back. Yeah. That was kind of funny. Um but anyways, uh it wasn't like that. Um but the funny thing was that I so, you know, we we get to the hospital and I'm not worried about parking at all. I just want yeah, I want to get my wife into you know a room right so that was the first priority and we get there and everything goes smoothly uh we check in we do all that stuff we get in a room and this nurse just like you know takes her time is like hey you know um gonna start putting you know some sensors on you blah 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 so while she's doing all this by the way she started feeling the uh contractions around 4 a.m so and we got to the hospital around 7 right oh, so okay. it's already been three hours so anyways we after registering and doing all that uh and while they're plugging sensors in her i'm like i'm gonna go park the car honey i'll be right back so i go park the car i come back and um as i get you know go into the um the what is it called the not the maternity ward uh delivery. i forget the delivery area yeah <laughs> um i you know i get in the door and all of a sudden I just ever all the nurses and doctors are like run 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 uh and I just started freaking out cuz you know I was like what's going on and apparently she was already fully dilated um basically ready to pop <laughs> um so I get in the I get in the room and she's just like already like in pain you know lots of pain active labor um, yeah pushing and all the nurses are like trying to get her um you know do this and that in fact her her actual doctor um her ob didn't even get there in time because uh and and so this this um random i guess doctor that was there actually did the delivery but uh and i guess sebastian they had to deliver him real quick because at some point of the labor um his heart rate started dropping um a good amount and they were basically like, we need to get him out. So, um, so yeah, they, they you know, had to um, expedite the process a little, I guess. So That's fascinating. I didn't realize that they could even track that or that was something that was being tracked. Dude, the sensors they strapped to the mom, it, there's, it's all kinds of stuff. They can, they can even detect um, the contractions. When a mom mm. is starting to have contractions, you'll see it, you know, on a chart. And, um... And yeah, there's another little probe that like can detect the kids, um, the baby's heart rate, um, the mom's heart rate, you know, all kinds of stuff. Interesting. But um, but yeah, yeah, Carolina though. Uh, so yeah, in half an hour the baby was born. It was kind of crazy. And um, 
and Carolina was originally like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried they're going to like, you know, make me do an epidural or something because Carolina wanted to do all this natural birth kind of stuff. And, and the funny thing was, even if they wanted to do an epidural, it wouldn't have been time. Like they would yeah. have had to have the specialist come in, you know, do the injection, wait for it to go numb, all these things, you know, like <laughs> it wouldn't have been had time. So <laughs> yeah, it worked out. <laughs> so it, was, it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he came out purple little alien uh you know yeah, i mean they are they're just they're yeah. not cute at all when they come out <laughs> to, just like you know it sounds harsh but i don't know <laughs> when like when family and friends want to want to see the baby right when they're born i'm like nah wait a month wait till they like look cute <laughs> wow well i'm happy for you yeah and they grow so much even that first month they kind of fill out i know a lot of babies when you first see them they're like they can be pretty uh, lightweight too, you know. Like they haven't, they I don't know. They just look really scrawny. It's like a yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're really weirdly proportioned, you know. Big head, yeah, really head, long exactly. appendages. But their, <laughs> like torso is super tiny, and they're purple. They got long, abnormally long fingers that aren't proportional. I, yeah, I don't know. He looked weird. Um, <laughs> he had a full head of hair though coming out, and we, everybody was quite impressed. Um, wow. Yeah, and they, yeah, so it's amazing nowadays, though, just, like, you know, delivering a baby, the technology that's there, um, and I don't know if this is true for every hospital, but, like, it felt really, I mean, it was an intense moment, you know, um, but there were I, at least 10 people in that room, just, like, between the nurses, the doctors, there were people in, um, they had people in the NICU even waiting, because maybe mm. they, 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 I think they detected the heart heart rate drop, so they were just they just had some NICU people on um, on standby, you know. Yeah. Um, so it was like, man, they were ready. Uh, but yeah, that's awesome. That makes me happy to hear that it like it went smoothly, all in yeah. all. Yep. Felt taken care of. Yes. And um, yeah, that's that's awesome. And it's interesting how you brought up all the technology used in birth because that was kind of our topic for today mm-hmm. <laughs> starting early so, right? starting from day zero yeah so one thing that june and i have talked about in the past and this was like you know applicable when he had his first child and now he gets to play it out again um is when to introduce technology to children um how much is technology is too much etc like i think it's really interesting there's a lot of schools of thought and I'm I'm really curious to hear June's perspective because as, as not having any children of my own, I don't have any direct experience, um, but I have thoughts on it because um, that's what I do is I have thoughts on things. Yeah, and we've and yeah, I know. And even if you don't have kids, I think your your input would still be very valuable. Um, and the funny thing would be to then see talk about the same thing in like five years once you do have kids. Assuming you have kids of five years, who knows? And then, you know, and then seeing if there's any difference. And we've all seen, you know, like the parents at restaurants and their kids are like looking at iPads and things like that. And, you know, you can't help but look at that and, you know, and just think like, man, that is, I don't know. I feel like people would have, people can't help but have thoughts about it when they see a tiny little human, like a toddler, you know, using an iPad, like, like they've been using it for years. You know, and like, just what amazes me is little kids and how quickly they can learn to use a device and the amount that the device can absorb, absorb them into it. You know, um, like Carolina and I were looking at, we were listening to some podcast about just, um, I forget what it was. It might've been reply all or something, but, um, at one point they were talking about basically, uh, how so many YouTube videos for, especially for children, are all computer generated. And a lot of them, like video, everything, right? Computer generated somehow. Hmm. Um, it's just music. There's usually no uh, narration or anything like that. And it's just like trucks or colors or like balls, you know, of different colors or whatever. Um, and th- these kinds of videos would just absorb children. They just like, they. there's a reason why apparently it's very lucrative to just like generate these automatically flood YouTube with it. And children will just watch them. will just engulf them. And of course, you know, the ad revenue you get from that is like, you know, probably not minuscule. So 
but they I can't buy. They have no buying power. How are these ads going for anything? I guess they assume that the parents might be nearby. Like, <laughs> no, 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 just the ads from YouTube, from views and stuff the, that they get. No, I understand, but I'm saying if an ad is playing on a child's video, like right. a video that's meant for for children without yeah, yeah, a credit card. Yeah. Oh, buying, oh, oh, right, like, sure. <laughs> it, like I think it's effective. Probably at you know Gabe's age, and a little bit older because yeah. they will like see toys and then want the toys. But I, I guess like for new newborns, it's like well, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> I think I think well, I all right. So my thoughts about it as far as age goes is um, like we didn't really let Gabriel watch TV or use. Um, we still don't really let him like use a phone or an iPad. Um, partly because I don't know if he knows how to use it. You know, other kids would just instinctively pick up an iPad, and like I was saying earlier, they just know how to use it. It's like mm-hmm. they're born with that um, intuition or something. But I give Gabe my phone or my iPad, and he's like, he has no idea what to do with it. The only thing he, he loves about it is um, he, um, the FaceTime. So when we call like um, his grandparents, and mm-hmm. and he just loves that, and he'll he'll like. He'll take the phone and just show them his toys and show them yeah all these things. So he gets that. But when it comes to navigating, like you know swiping and getting to an app or whatever, he he has no idea how to do that. So I thought that was kind of I don't know maybe maybe he's not gonna be like um like us like just like gadget geeks you know <laughs> it's gonna be sad. That, that might that might be an okay thing. <laughs> um, yeah. <I> know. <laughs> so that's interesting that he doesn't have that that skill. I, I, I don't know, because, again, I haven't really experienced it. But I, I always remember that old video back when Slide on Lock was, like, extremely obvious. Um, right. <laughs> like, with the, the ridge and people, like, figuring out, or children figuring mm-hmm. out how to slide to unlock. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, our interfaces aren't really like that anymore. They assume that we've been using them for 10 years. So um, mm-hmm. I imagine they are a little bit more difficult now for children to learn. One thing I've heard is that children are... Um, far more likely to use uh, glasses as text input. Like, they don't mind oh. typing on glass as much. Like, with an iPad, they'll That's choose to type on the glass. Yeah, and they'll use gestures in order to edit their text uh, pretty proficiently. And, um, yeah, like, it's a thing. Well, it it is really much... Like the whole nature versus nurture thing, I think this preference for glass—that's probably just nature. It, it's part of you know, if you grew up typing on glass, then that's going to be what you're used to. Whereas you know, I grew up typing on keyboard, and not just like any keyboard, but now I'm like, man, I need I need that mechanical keyboard. You know, I gotta <laughs> yeah. have that click and the clack and <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, I just—it's all what you're used to, how you grew up, what you know, what you're used to. Uh, you know, the the thing about um, also, my like Gabe's um, ability to use these devices. I think a lot of that stems too, probably from how much the parents use it and how much mm-hmm. they observe their parents use it. Um, and like, I, I don't know about Carolina, but for me, and Carolina's probably not too far off. But I don't use my phone much, you know. Especially since I've had my um, my um, Apple Watch, I just most of my responses to messages or whatever, checking email. I just do it on my watch. I don't really hmm. use my phone much. In fact, like when iOS 12 came out and uh, the usages, um, I look at the uh, my my uh, what's it called? Is it usages screen, or whatever? Screen time. Screen time. Screen time. Thank you. You know what? You know what? How many minutes I had? See, I'm using minutes. I'm not even using hours. Oh my yesterday. gosh. Yesterday. <laughs> that's a. That's I totaled. I totaled about eight minutes of screen time in an entire that's, day. That's wild. Right. So, so I, I that's think that's part of it, though. You know, like, I just don't use it much, my phone, is I don't think Gabriel sees me using it. So he's not really learning from observation or anything like that. And I don't know if that's, like, a good thing or a bad thing. I remember asking you, you know, if you'd ever hold back, like, technology from your kids. And you're like, heck no, because I want, you know, I want, I don't want my, I want my kids to fit in. You know, that's, and that actually is quite an well, important social aspect of it, too. But not I don't know. Just that. It, I, my first, my first reply would be, yeah. I want them to, um, I want them to be tech native. Like I don't, I don't think there's a benefit in holding them back from it because it is going to be a huge part of their life. Um, and I don't want them to think of it as a thing that needs to be moderated or a thing that needs to be, um, I don't know, 
like that could be potentially evil. But like there is like that whole it's tricky, right? Like you want them to still like go outside and socialize and stuff because these devices and these algorithms are like definitely designed to suck you in. And um, you don't want them to be completely obsessed um, and not experience the world around them. Right. This is something that even adults are struggling with, which is like the whole reason for screen time and all these things. Yeah. Um, And I don't know. I think it's a difficult balance because I don't want my kids to be so obsessed with uh, technology and whatnot um, that they don't want to like interact with the people around them. Although like, I can't really judge because <laughs> I I love my online communities and all that. And that's the other yeah. thing you have to protect it around, right? Is, right. You know, there's a lot of uh, cyberbullying, you know, that's a, a very prevalent thing. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. um, people are just terrible to one another. Sure. Again, adults are terrible to one another. Imagine what kids are. Um, it, it's it's kind of sad. So it's like that, that, that's a that's a thing to consider. I don't know how I would handle things. Like, you know, there's these uh, parental controls. Right. So, like, obviously, I would want to have parental controls on, on purchases. I don't want them to, you know, spend hundreds of dollars on uh, in-app purchases and whatnot um, without, like, talking to me. <laughs> sure. Like, realistically ever. Um, but, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there, I want there to be a dialogue. But I don't know if I'd restrict their usage uh, or times. Um, hmm. I know this is something where Rachel and I will differ, so we'll see how it all co- plays out. And also, we'll see where technology is um, and how like important it is in their life. Because that's what I'm getting at. You know, I wouldn't be shocked if they're in first, second grade, and they're doing assignments on a computer. You know, I don't know what it's like, but I imagine that's a thing. Right. Or it's just, you know, virtual classrooms. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Virtual classrooms. It could be a thing. And, um, yeah, making sure they're, they're technology native. What about content? Curious what you think about, like, limiting content as well. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, the so, type of content. Right. Um, no is my initial reaction. Um, again, like, it's one of those things. I'm a big believer in this. I don't know. It's something I believe, though. Um, I think the reason we have uh, so much issues around drug abuse in this country and so many issues, um, I don't know. I think restrictions are bad. I really do. I think <laughs> if drugs were legal, you see a lot less usage of them. I think they're only popular because they're illegal. And mm. um, because people like to feel uh, like rebellious, right? Uh, that's a stage that everyone goes through at one point or another. And um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, it's, and it's not necessarily black and white either. You know, it's not zero and one. It's not, it's not binary, right? It's like, you don't, and, and I think this is something I learned from parenting is just that nothing's really black or white. You know, you can't, you you don't, I don't know. Uh, my mother-in-law told me once that, you know, disciplining your child or protecting your child is, it's not, you're not, you know, putting them on a short leash that's bad but you also don't want them to just like let them run crazy without any boundaries um and the way she described it was like let them explore the world but provide a safe way for them to do it as well as like um and that would be sort of the you know you still have to guide them somehow um Hmm. i think parents you know you if you don't do anything sure um and then you know their friends are going to be a big influence. Media is going to be a big influence, what they see in social media. And I will tell you this from an experience I've had uh, with one of my best high school buddies. Um, He, uh, so there's two of them, two boys, and they could not have turned out more different. Like, their parents had had an extreme, like, I would say, laissez-faire type of parenting style where they don't do anything to discipline their children. Nothing. And so, my friend was a pothead, but, you know, eh, pot's not, like, you know, that big of a, you know, destructive force or anything like that. And it, But he was nice. He was a nice guy. Turned out well. He, he took, you know, AP classes with me and all this stuff in high school. Oh, it's okay, buddy. And, um, and, uh, but then his younger brother was just this, like, he, he turned into a drug dealer, 
went to jail multiple times, you know, never, never finished high school, um, and just couldn't have turned out more different. And I think, yeah, just depending on the friends, the groups they fall into, you know, um, fall in with and, and, um, who they, who they choose to be surrounded by. And I feel like if I can have as a parent to help guide them a little bit to how to navigate the world, just a little bit, you know, it's more of a nudging, you know, less of like, Oh yeah, on a leash, you know. Oh, nudges. All right, I got things to say. <laughs> Go ahead, please. Yeah, so I definitely one hundred percent agree with nudging. Um, you know, I I'm a huge believer in you. Kind of are who you hang out with. Um, people that you hang out with have huge influence on you. I still see that to this day, yeah. and um, you you have to help guide them through that. I'll also say that I'm not going to tell them, or I'm not going to. Um, just stand by if I see bad behavior. I will definitely try to influence then, but I don't want to um, restrict access. I guess, I mean, I guess there are like some pretty soft filters that one could apply where like they should never see it, you know? Yeah, sure. That'd be kind of my goal, right? Like block things that are, I don't know, egregiously bad, but I also don't like know how to even find that stuff. I guess it's someone else's job, right? Uh, to create that list. I don't know. I'm just uh, very hesitant to put any filters on because I think that will, like, as long as they know that they exist, it will create an issue. Actually, what I would like to do is, rather than block it and, like, maybe show that it's blocked, just make it never load. (laughs) Make them feel like the site's broken. (laughs) That'd be my... um, my solution um but yeah i don't know it's just a it's a very interesting problem i do think knowing knowing how i was as a kid there's definitely something to be said about um screen time at night and like like they probably never go to sleep if you just let them um because mm-hmm. i still don't go to sleep yeah so like, there might have to be something done there but i don't know i feel bad but i guess like that kind of stuff like that kind of, that's important I would intervene for that. Yeah, it is hard. And it's hard to speak as an adult, actually, because we already have um, ability to limit ourselves. You know, we can we can control ourselves to do things in moderation. Maybe not for everything, but... <laughs> but uh, as a child, though, you're playing video games that are made to suck you in, are made to, like, you know, have you play forever. I mean, even when I was getting into video games when I was in middle school and high school, I remember like, if my parents didn't tell me to go to sleep, I would probably have not slept for many nights. I would just keep playing. I mean, that's kind of what the content will do um, for younger audiences that don't have a sense of like self-control yet. So I look back on how my parents, you know, there were def- it was definitely, I don't think it was perfect, but um, I don't know what perfect parenting looks like anyways. I don't think there is such a thing. There's no such thing. Yeah. And so for my parents, I mean, I'm glad that they made academics such a focus, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that having turned out into really good investment for my future, Um but at the time, I was like, no, screw you. I want to just p- keep playing video games, you know? <laughs> right. Um, but at the same time, one of the things I really liked that I don't think I really appreciated until I was later, just much older, was them not um, really... Uh, them letting me kind of just do, try things, you know? Like, I remember... Like, they had a suspicion... That my my friends um, uh, smoked weed, but um, I and, you know I don't tell them that they do. Uh, mm. But I came home, you know I come home, and you know I mean these were like smoke filled rooms. You know I would spend hours in playing video games with them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so I came home with a certain uh, odor, and yeah. it probably wasn't uh, you know very discreet. So. You know, they they probably um, caught a whiff of what was going on, literally, and and you know they were always just kind of like, "Hey June, you know, just be smart about it, you know, don't you know." Whereas I I can think of a lot of parents that would completely react like, 
the complete other direction you know like don't hang out with those friends anymore i don't want you you know doing blah 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 right instead my parents were just like look i trust you to use your own judgment to um yeah and that was that level of freedom i think was really helpful um and even my mom the other day i was talking to her and um my mom still to this day will like talk to carolina about my grades that's just the kind of like i feel like (laughs) asian tiger parenting that will never go <laughs> I was away to say, this is so stereotypical will, right yeah, now. yeah <laughs> it is it is uh but it's true it's true um and and she will by, by the way quick segue that that stereotype comes from the fact that americans literally only see the brightest asian immigrants because only the brightest asians really get to make it to even immigrate into the u.s you most immigrants especially you know 20 30 years ago you you immigrate because you were the top you were some like highly you know skilled professional in something and you had an opportunity to come study or do research or do something in the u.s so so the way you're going to be a parent is is usually going to be affected by that you know you're not taking a random randomized sample of chinese people <laughs> to create yeah, that yeah, stereotype yeah. yeah so anyways that's very interesting um, yeah i never really thought about that but that, that makes a lot of sense yeah and so um my mom will say like oh you know yeah you know you weren't the brightest kid but uh you know you didn't think you didn't get the best scores but you had a lot of friends you know and i was like there you go oh, oh yeah all right <laughs> well for me, I had an interesting experience with technology as a child. Um, like, I don't know if I mentioned on the podcast, but I never had a, a computer in the house until high school. Um, so I would just do all my work in the library. And I think that's partially why I got obsessed is because once I had it, I had to like absorb it all. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Although I'd like, I enjoyed using the computer at my grandparents' house. So there's a, uh, there's a high potential that, you know, it was there anyways. But I don't know, man. For some reason, they made me tick, and it's uh, been a, been a passion ever since. And I'm curious to know what it would have been like if I had experienced computing earlier on in my life. Because I definitely did feel like an outcast at one point. You know, I didn't have uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Mm. Um, I didn't have MySpace. I, was, I eventually got a MySpace when I got a computer, but it was always Descendancy. You know, everyone was joining Facebook at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, it, it it was just it was a weird time to be alive, uh, you know, for for me as a child, just because I just didn't have these things, so I definitely felt like an outsider. Plus, like my personality was such that I had no friends for a while there, and it wasn't really until um, like tenth grade that I started breaking out of my shell. Hmm. Really? So, oh yeah, yeah, it was pretty bad, man. Like in retrospect, when I was thinking about elementary school, I really had no friends, like quite literally zero friends um at school oh man i wish i i wish i could like go back in time and observe what little alec was like like were you you think you were much more introverted just shy or no i was as weird as i am now but like it was less acceptable (laughs) okay so like it wasn't that you changed much it was more like the world around you changed or something no no i definitely changed too I don't know. I don't. I don't know why I was like so unpopular, so to speak. Um, I don't know. I was I was made fun of a lot as a kid. Um, again, like I don't really know why. Um, I'll say this: having now observed, looking back, like I would say, like ninth, tenth grade me, I would I would not want to be ninth, tenth grade me uh, ever again. <laughs> like, hmm. uh, and I I I. I I wish I could go back in time and just slap that kid and be like, no, don't do this. Like, just imagine all of my worst tendencies to 11. And I, I swear they were coming from a good place. But like, for instance, when I when I first got into technology, I thought it was my duty to like let people know when they were doing things wrong on computers or like if oh, there was a better okay. way. Okay. <laughs> so like it could have been obnoxious or something or what? Oh, I was absolutely obnoxious. I think. <laughs> yeah. Like, for instance, I think I forget what it was, but like one of my friends got like a software program. Um, I, I heard about the story like later in, in life when we became friends, and like <laughs> you know, uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, "Man, I really hate you." At one point, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I don't know, she got like some software program, and I was like, "Oh man, I would never use that." 
Like, I definitely uh, think you should get bit. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, you know, like, all those same qualities of Alec are 100% still there. But he's gotten a filter to a degree. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, and Sure. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I was just, like, super judgmental, I guess. I don't know. I was, I was kind of the worst. Um, but I don't know. Someone saw something in me. Uh, like, I, I'll be completely, like, candid. I think my first girlfriend, like, was who broke me out of my shell. Like, I was a total, total nerd until she was, like, you know, like, this is how normal people, like, hang out with their friends and stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, not quite like that. But, like, I don't know. It just it completely changed my life in a way because I just. Sure. I don't know. I just, like, didn't really talk to anybody. I don't know. It was weird. I, I, I Looking back on it, I can't draw a line to how I eventually had friends and how everything worked out. But well, like, yeah, Such it, a, it's, it's like a 180. 180. Ah, I know it's, 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 yeah, it's a 180. No, it's ridiculous. And now with, with the wedding, it's like, I have way too many friends that I've maintained. <laughs> Cause like <laughs> I, I've, I've applied, I don't know. Do you do this June? I've, I've literally applied, um, like workflows and schemas to maintaining friendships. Um, like I have, I've put reminders on my phone to talk to people. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I don't do this all the time. But I do do it, uh, uh, yeah. and I think that's, and I think it's like not a real thing that most people do. <laughs> I try to do that with um, friends that you know have moved away or something like that. Yeah, but that's yeah. I do that with like calendars. I'll we'll add like a you know just intentionally set up like um, you know a, ma- a maintenance time on. to just talk. <laughs> yeah, maintenance, friendship maintenance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gotta gotta change that filter, change the oil. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a very interesting thing. Well, yeah. I guess I don't really think of it as um for me with regards to friendship, um and I think I've learned to do it a lot more of how Carolina does it to the point where I used to stress out about maintaining friendships, maintaining contact, you know, especially, you know, whether they were friends from work or friends from school or whatever, but I just remember, like, Carolina saying at one point, like, you know, friends come and go. Um, And just because, you know, you don't talk to them in a long time uh, doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Like, there was a sort of acceptance to the fact that um, your friends have moved away. And to some degree, you know, uh, you're going to meet new friends. You're going to have, you know, new people in your life and things like that. And... And that's the kind of relationship that you probably want to focus on are the people that are more immediate to you. Um, And, you know, as a person, I feel like the amount of stress it was causing me to maintain relationships was ultimately having a negative reaction, right? Mm, Like, mm. what was the point of having friends was so I can be happy, right? Not not to like schedule maintenance appointments. but that's not, you know, that's not me trying to say what you're doing is bad. It's just that, like, from my experience, me personally, right, not everybody's like me, but me personally, it was just like, you know, I'd rather have a solid set of friends, even if it's just a handful, but that these are the people n- near me right now, and I can see them often and talk to them often. Um, and, you know, those friends I had that were here, okay, I'll talk to them occasionally or send an email or something, but that's okay, you know, like... Mm-hmm. And the amount of time, like, let's say you and I, let's say you move or I move and we don't speak to each other for like six months, you know, it, it's not like the years we've known each other that our friendship that we did talk and hang out was like gone. That's still there. And that foundation of the friendship is still there. So yeah, I don't think, um, I don't know. I, I try not to stress out about these things now. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I get, I get sad when friends move and Carolina kind of just shrugs <laughs> and it's like, June, move on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I completely get what you're saying. And, um, I agree. Yeah. It, you don't want it to become a burden. And I, I I've seen that happen to people. I wouldn't say so much for me. I think it can, it's never been too much of a burden. Cause my, my whole yeah. thing is like, I want to talk to this person. It's been a while. Yeah. Um, and I like them, you know, or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's fairly interesting. And I think with social media, it's like a whole new world. Um, like for instance, I'll give you this example. Hmm. Yesterday I was leaving for work and, um, I looked to my left and like, I just, I had just turned in the corner, right. Uh, from my apartment and I looked to my left and I see someone I went to high school with, um, just standing at the crosswalk ready to cross. So I rolled wow. down my window. I rolled down my window. I say, hello. And she's like, Oh, Hey, Hey. Right. 
Hmm. I, I knew she worked at the hospital, so like this this makes sense. Like I, I I'm surprised it hasn't happened sooner. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that happened. Well, today I'm driving home, and I see her walking back to her place because <laughs> I know she lives nearby too. Now, I see her walking back <sighs> to her place on my way back. So I send her a text. Well, actually, specifically, I sent her a message on Instagram because I knew that that was current, right? I didn't know if her phone number was the same. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. And I sent a, a message there, and we're, like, chit-chatting and, like, you know, trying to, like, get together, right? Uh, <laughs> and, and then she's like, wait, do you have the same phone number? And I'm like, yeah, I still have it. I still have yours. Yeah, it's all the same. And she's like, why are we talking here? <laughs> so we, like, sent over text <laughs> messaging. Um yeah, and she's like, it's weird to think, though, that we've, like, known each other for so long that asking if you have the same phone number, particularly with people getting jobs and, like, work phones, like, this is a thing that's a valid thing to ask. Uh, <laughs> and, like, right. even though we were... And the thing that's interesting about her is, like, we weren't actually even that close at all in high school, right? Like, we took classes together because we were in, like, the same um, APs and whatnot. But, oh, yeah. like, we, we, weren't, we weren't close, right? But I think everyone who was in that program, because we were just around each other so much, uh, kind of became, like you know, acquaintances, right? And I think, personally, through the, uh, through this model of, uh, of social media, it's much easier to, like, passively pay attention to someone's life and see how they've grown as a person and know that you might think you could be really good friends now. Like, just where you are in life now, if you were to meet up, you could be, like, very solid friends. You're kind of like, you're, you're sort of like, hmm, I'm liking what I see here. I like what you turned into. I, I think I can be friends with you now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's not even like it, there was anything negative before, but it's just like, oh, they, they right. seem like an interesting person. Like, oh, this so could be a, a solid conversation. Yeah. I've noticed this phenomenon several times in my life where I'm like, man, if uh, high school Alec knew how some of these people would play out, like, perhaps he would have tried to become friends with them because they could have been like a really awesome friendship, you know? But, like, we weren't there at the time. And that's, like, the interesting thing. People grow and change. And it's, like, an intersection of, like, immediacy versus, like, growth and change. And it's, it's, it's very interesting how friends work. I feel like the natural progression of this conversation would eventually be, like, hmm, how can I, like, write an algorithm to automatically, like, scour, you know, Instagram friends and determine their <laughs> likelihood of, you know, how, likelihood of, like, uh, good friendship score and... <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. And just automatically, you know, run that and spit you out a list of names every week. And you're like, all right. These should be your friends. Based off of your current interactions, these exactly. should be your friends. Based on their recent <laughs> likes and tweets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. This is a this has a Silicon Valley startup all over it. <laughs> oh, man. Or another Black Mirror episode. <laughs> yeah, right. This could get real oogie. So I think, I think that's a really good... I think it's been an interesting talk about kids and tech and how it kind of grew into like friendships and just like good parenting. I think this is, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I guess what, what's your, your conclusion, man? Kids and technology. Um, I think, I think it's my conclusion would be that every, you know, you have to do what you think is best for your child, your child. Um, and base, and you have to base that off of the, you know, the world that you live in. Um, you can't, you can't have them live under a rock, but you also can't let them roam completely free without some guidance. Um, and when it comes to technology, it is just another dimension of exposure to the world. And, um, you know, I, I also probably have the same idea that I wouldn't limit, I wouldn't limit too much in terms of like, you know, how they use things, but it's, it's, but it's less about setting limits, I think. And it's more, but more about setting examples as a parent. Um, and I think, especially when they're younger, before they have lots of friends in school, the parent is still the main role model, you know, the main pressure, not peer pressure, but you know, pressure in terms of how to behave. And I think your kid's going to get, get a lot out of that from you as a parent. So, I think I just find myself being more conscious of how I interact around technology and things like that. You know, I used to think like, man, I would never let my child watch TV until they're like older, blah, blah, blah. I was used, I used to be very um, restrictive, I guess. And now like, I'm like, you know, Gabe, you can watch some TV after school. I, you deserve it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he'll watch TV and we'll watch a movie together some days and, you know, and it's really nice. It's like, that's okay. Um 
and like the fact that when he gets a phone, when he touches my phone, he want and the thing he wants to do with it right now is call, you know, his grandparents or call our friends that are basically his aunts and uncles, you know, like and that's yeah. what he wants to do with it. I'm like perfect. That is that is I can't, you know, that's exactly what a phone is for, is for communicating with people, you know, like <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's you know? awesome. That like works um, out great. Yeah, so, you know, and if one day he gets into playing video games, then maybe I'll play with him or something. I don't know. You know, it's just like, and show and stop at some point with him too, you know, like, hey, now let's, maybe it's time to go outside or whatever. I don't know. Um, I think it's trying to just show that as an example as well. So, um, you know, if I'm playing video games all day, then my kids probably will end up trying to do the same or something. No, I think it's cliche, but I think it's on a thing that applies to all parts of life, but this is no different. Um, you got to adapt to the situation and be uh, willing to change your opinion on something if the conditions change and right. just um, just try to do your best job and uh, try not to be narrow-minded about it. I think that's the biggest thing right? Um, that I want my kid to always feel when it comes to these kind of discussions is that I'm listening to what they're saying and like their yeah. side of things, I guess. And yep. like, also, I am saying something um, and why I, I say the things I'm saying. That was something I always appreciated <laughs> as a child, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the why. Um, I think it's yeah. important. So, yeah. Yeah, and man. Sometimes, sometimes you're at a restaurant and your toddler is screaming off his tongue, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs and running around and tripping servers. And I'm like, look, just give him a freaking iPad and show him, like, some videos of trucks. You know? <laughs> yeah. And that's totally fine. I think that's totally okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> gotta so. have that social pacifier. Yeah. All right, man. So I gotta ask you a question. Uh. What's going on in your garage? Ah, all right. Um, so for some reason in my life, um, this is the second time now. When I've had a new baby, I somehow get the urge to also buy a car, which is another baby for me. Um, and I don't know why, maybe it's compensating for something. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I did that with the Mazda, the Mazda six I had when Gabe was born. It wasn't immediately after Gabe was born, but it was pretty close. Um, I did that with, um, and then when Sebastian was born, uh, I went and bought, uh, a new, another car as well. So, um, I, I ended up, uh, I, I ended up getting a Kia Stinger GT and, and it's not a, I mean, it's the first model year, so you're not going to see it very common. And that was sort of part of why I really liked it. Well, something happened to Gabe. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know if you can, uh, f- if there's a crying filter in your editing later, but you might have to. <laughs> I don't have a crying filter now. <laughs> Someone should make one. Um, and yeah, the, the stinger is freaking amazing. Um, just like all the reviews say, you know, everybody, it sort of made a big splash and, um, you know, everybody was like, that's what Kia can't make, you know, this high performance, um, luxury car that, uh, you know, is, is competing with, you know, your, your Audis, BMWs, and even Porsches, you know, like what does Kia think they're doing, right? But you sit in one and you drive and, you know, they call it a Grand Grand Tour GT and it really does feel like, feel that way. You know, you could drive this thing for a long time and still, and have fun and not be tired. Um, and you hmm. can shuttle your whole family in it, you know? And that's, <laughs> that is um, something that's really nice. Um, that trunk space, man, it's humongous. It's freaking amazing. We have a we have a double stroller now, and you know that thing fits in there no problem. That's awesome. So yeah, I I would say it's been a great car, and the color is really nice. Uh, I love the I love the blue. I couldn't I couldn't pick between red or blue, but I figured I'd change it up. My last car was red. <laughs> yeah. So someone at work got one, and I saw it in the parking lot, and it turned my no head. No way. And, really? Oh, this is before you got it. Yeah, because you oh. I, I, the progression on my side of things was you're like, have you ever seen this GT Stinger before? <laughs> like, what do you think of it? And I was like, yeah, I've seen it. Like, that was a head turner for me. I don't know much about it, but like, I thought it looked cool. And uh, and then like, you just bought it one day. 
<laughs> like that's that's kind of how it went down in my in my head. I didn't realize you were like serious about it. I know this is probably the most uh, just spontaneous, expensive, probably very irresponsible purchase I've ever made. <laughs> like, I who mean, buys a car when they have a new child? Like, th- that kid is freaking expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, well, it's funny because I think we kind of started talking about how I started looking at not like I'm not really looking to buy a car, but. Uh-huh. Uh, because of the Casey on Cars series, I was like looking at that that Golf R, of which I've been seeing a lot more of, and someone at work has one now. Um, <laughs> I've seen them like the last two days. I guess we just keep coming in at the same time. Um, yeah. So, anyways, Golf R, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I would love to have like a more sporty hatch. Um, but hmm. I just. It's not really where I need to be spending my money right now. Like, unless I were able yeah. to get a deal where the cash flow was identical, I would not yeah. be able to justify it. And uh-huh. honestly, even still, I wouldn't want to put that expense on myself. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think I would get enough enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I think, and a lot of a lot of my friends and um, coworkers, they they were really surprised because you know i i had a man, I had a, a six speed manual Mazda six twenty sixteen right. This is a really good car. I mean, the interior is really nice. It, it was a great looking car. It drove very well. Um, but what really drove me to just like get rid of it, it was, I think at some point, and I was this die hard, you know, I'm only going to drive something with three pedals kind of guy. And at some point I just kind of like, it was like a switch. I just all of a sudden was like, eh, I'm done, you know. This is, I think maybe it was just all the traffic I've sat in over the years trying to drive stick, you know, it just, and, and like the fact that realizing that the way the world is going, especially in the U S in the U S market is that it's just a dying breed. It's just not happening. You know, it's going to be much harder to find it. Um, and I severely limit my options. If I, if I keep thinking, um, if I put that filter, you know, on all my car Mm -hmm. searches and, I will never shift as quickly as an automatic, nor will I ever have as many gears, right, as some of the higher performance cars. Um, and I just thought, like, you know, what? Why? You know, uh, yes, you never, you'll, I'll never have the same amount of control, direct control with the car as I would with the manual. But is that, you know, going forward, like, is that a bad thing? I don't know. I just, I was sort of, I, I dealt with this internal questioning for a while, and at one point, I just was like, yeah, you know, totally makes sense now to just go automatic. And then once I had that thought, the, the Stinger was something I, I followed for a good while at the beginning of this year uh, when it, you know, sort of just came out, and it was a car that I really, always really liked. I liked that nobody really had it yet. You know, it was, it was a head-turner, um, and it still is. It's just, you, know, you just don't see it often. A lot of people are like, oh, what's that? Um, yeah. I've had a few guys now that like even just at a red light they'll they'll like you know I look over and they're like motioning with their hands to roll down my windshield <laughs> and I do that <laughs> and it's like okay I know obviously what you're gonna ask about <laughs> right and they're like man nice car or like have you have you you know um, have you tried launch control on this thing yet or something <laughs> like, yeah so there's a lot of um, I guess a lot of people recognize it, um, which is which is kind of cool. And the people who don't, they 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 kind of just look at it and like, oh, they have a look like, oh, Kia, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you're enjoying it. See, that's my whole thing. Like, I, I think one of the reasons I like the Golf R is it looks just like any other Golf, just with like, that R logo on it. So it's like stealthy fast. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Like, uh, you know, if you pull up next to it, you wouldn't think it would smoke you, but like nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, it's going to smoke anything next to it. I gotta, I gotta, I'm, I, I gotta side with Casey here. I really don't like those rims. I don't know. I yeah, uh, no, they're not as good as the as the year before. Yeah, I, I mean, let's let's put it this way. I'm monitoring the situation. I also am a, a, a what do you call it, sunroof guy, and um, ah, uh, okay. I even though I don't use it all that much because it really interrupts listening to podcasts. Um, <laughs> if I'm listening to music and it's the summertime, I probably have it open. Yeah, sure, sure. I mean, that's that's classic. Yeah, yeah. And so, okay, so this new car, you finally got CarPlay. You know, the, the Maz is supposed to get it any moment now, but you have oh, CarPlay now. That's the real. big thing. Uh, yeah, 
CarPlay itself will sell the car. I swear, like, you're probably... This probably happens to you, too, when you go buy cars, or when you're doing test drives, at least. Like, I tell... I teach... I'm the one doing all the talking when I'm doing a test drive. I'm telling the freaking salesman, like, oh, man, the, you know, the the freaking 364 horsepower, you know, engine, you can really feel the twin turbo, blah, blah, blah. Man, this CarPlay. And, and you know, I'm, like, the one talking about it more than he is. And it's just, like, <laughs> you don't you, you don't even need to do anything. Yeah, I'm already sold. <laughs> yeah, car is selling itself. This is, yeah. This is probably one of the easiest cars to sell, honestly. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to trying it out. They not necessarily yours, but uh, no, dude, your mine. Try mine. I've already, I've already asked you to come with me to a drag strip because I, I really want to try the launch control. I need a place yeah. to try it. But um, yeah, CarPlay is is fantastic, and with iOS twelve, right now I have Google Maps on there, and it's fantastic. Um, just like the navigation with traffic with Google Maps is far beyond um my Apple Maps and. And for some reason, the, tr- the 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 traffic on York Road between my work and home, and sometimes you know, like sometimes I go home, sometimes I go to the daycare to pick up Gabriel, and so my route is usually different. And it's to the point where if I if I use Google Maps every day or Waze, right? If I use it, I have to use that every day because every single day the fastest route changes on me, and and sometimes it's by you know like uh like five minutes faster. And yeah. then the next day, it's saying to take this other route that's five minutes faster. I'm like, man, I really can't, with my kind of commute, I just can't take the same route every day and assume it's the fastest. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. having Google Maps there is just super helpful um, to know what's going on. Cool. And yeah, and I don't know. The the interface is nice. Um, I think it's a good blend of maintaining the common UI elements of CarPlay but allowing you obviously to still be Google Maps, you know what I mean? Like, there's clearly some common elements in the in the display um, that Google, you know, has to adhere to um, as just probably part of the you know display API or something. Yeah, it, there's only certain templates. Right, right, exactly. But it does have liberties on many of the other themes, color themes or whatever, or images and symbols. So yeah, it's like it's uh, but it keeps it very consistent, and I kind of like that. You know, Um, you don't have to learn this brand new you know thing in your car. Um, But I think you and I both really hate the fact that CarPlay right now still has to be a a uh, real time mirror of your phone. Um, and that drives me nuts. Like, I don't mind it being yeah, a mirror, garbage. but like, <laughs> why does it have to be the active, you know, the active mirror? Like, you know what I mean? Like I want to, you know, if my wife in the passenger seat is browsing music, but I'm, I've got my GPS up, I need my GPS up. But when she goes to Apple music, it switches over to Apple music and the CarPlay. And I'm like, damn it. I just missed a turn, you know? And, and it's just like, that drives me up the wall with CarPlay right now. Um, it's probably the only thing really bugging me aside from needing to plug it in to use it uh, ah you have to plug it in yeah, yeah i was gonna ask that question because i recently had an experience with carplay my rental car in california had it and it was wireless i thought it was wired so you know i i pull out my um my backpack i get my charging cable out of my backpack and i plug it in and i like initialize carplay and all you know, um, before I leave, and I get it all working, which took way longer than it should. I'd like to add, this was really confusing. And um, yeah, like I did all that. But then the next time I got in the car, it was like showing the CarPlay interface and I had not plugged it in yet hmm. because um, it got valeted to me. So like by the time he got like there and I was in range, like it had already all paired. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, crap, this is wireless CarPlay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um. And then I was like, this is way better. Because then I could just leave the phone in my pocket. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. And uh, it worked out pretty well. I held like a whole conversation with someone that I told him after the fact was like via CarPlay, um, which I hated. Yeah. Uh, CarPlay is awful. I'm glad you like it. I'm glad it made you really happy. Um, but I think it could be like 20 times better by just making it do quote unquote less. Um, and most of it's Siri related. And, uh, yeah, 
Mm. I don't know. It bums me out. Like like you said, being tied to the apps on your phone is absolutely insane. You're trying to do one thing on the phone, but then you lose your maps. I think that's like a, a yeah. huge design flaw. And well, I, um, yeah, it, it it I mean it was a design choice, right? For the fact that it really probably is just a monitor. flawed choice. Flawed it's choice. A monitor. <laughs> it's like it's not really doing much processing on its own. So if you switch out of the app. Now that app is in the background. It's not. It's not gonna. You know. It's not designed right now for that background app to constantly still process the images and all the st- all my navigation stuff while still also actively processing. You know, Apple Music. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. it's, not, it's just the iPhone's not set up to do that, and CarPlay isn't doing any real processing. So I don't know. I feel like it's just um, that's just sort of the limitation of the architecture. I think. Um, but you know, I, I don't know. It's still much better than whatever the heck I was doing before. In fact, I left, I accidentally left my freaking phone clip in the air vent when I sold my Mazda. And at first, initially I was like, oh no, damn it. And I was like, wait, I don't need that thing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it's still much better than that. I get a nice big screen and yeah. So I'm going to say this in my experience of using CarPlay, I don't plan on updating my my car to get out carplay when the option comes wow like, okay if if uh if these simple things aren't fixed um i feel like it's no better than than my current set situation hmm, hmm. or are you just using your phone yeah just i have it on yeah. the, the clip like you did and yeah yeah now that's interesting okay i wasn't impressed um with with the workflow of using it and um i think the touch targets are too small like that left-hand side, those hmm. buttons to switch between uh, applications that you recently used, terrible. Um, also, like, my phone is way faster than, than the CarPlay display. So, like, me interacting, and, like, with iPhone ten, you know, with okay. just, like, swipe gestures and, like, be able to go, like, left-right, I think I'm faster to change music and all on phone directly than through the CarPlay interface. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's more native to me. I mean, obviously that would change over time, but like, I feel right. like it was honestly less distracting. Um, but also because it's faster, right? Like, you don't have to wait for it as much. So, yeah. Overall, I just wasn't as hyped about it. What do you think the um, battery is if you do CarPlay wirelessly? Like, what kind of impact does it have on battery life? Yeah, I don't know. I didn't use it enough to know. Oh, okay. You didn't use yeah. it on like any extensive extended drives or anything like that, and. Uh, I did use it for an hour and a half drive, but I didn't pay attention. Oh, needless to say, I, I mean, had if you didn't, I guess battery. if you didn't, yeah, I was gonna say if you didn't <laughs> notice, then that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, because I, I don't think I plugged it in either. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um. Cool. Cause that was something I was worried about. My iPhone 10, um, its Lightning cable port is actually like not the best connection anymore. Um, oh, okay. Like I if see. I plug things into it, I have to like make sure it actually. Stays yeah. in plugs. Yeah, you might have you might have the uh, the the fluff in there. You know, no, I, I've I've I've, uh, I've I've fished and there was a little bit, but it's still just an issue. I think oh. I might have actually fished like too aggressively and messed up the springs or something Ooh, in there. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I, needless to say, I'm excited to get my new phone and hopefully it will just charge really nicely. Yeah. Well. Oh, the other thing to think about too, why I like CarPlay maybe a little better is that. You know, I'm coming from an SE, iPhone 5 SE, to my, you know, my new car is, like, big display versus, you know, your 10. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a huge difference. And I think that's why one reason you definitely like it is you're looking at a porthole and I'm looking at a huge canvas. Like, it's it's not even close. Exactly. Exactly. So, it completely makes sense. Yeah, completely makes sense. Uh, Can't wait till freaking XR, man. I'm going to order that thing in a heartbeat. Uh, What color? I I've been thinking about that. Maybe blue, just because you know I got a blue car, sort of in this blue sort of mode in life right now. I don't know, but blue's a good choice. The, blue's a nice yeah, color. but the, I love the black though. You know, just how the oh, matte, the kind of matte black. <laughs> I don't know. I like that. Um, all right. Well, okay. All right. I mean, well, if I can get one for work, um, I feel like you get coral. coral. Did I Absolutely. guess it? Yeah. Yeah. Coral. Absolutely. <laughs> I love coral. I plan yeah. on buying that one for Rachel. Yeah, um, I think if I were to get one for Carolina, that's the color too. She's she's a big fan of like orange and red. So I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Oh, it's such a nice color. I wish iPhone 10 came in that color. 
I'd be all over it, but alas. Seriously, Sil- I mean, silver again. <laughs> I know they really need to bring the colors. This the whole you know having you know whimsy you know in the devices. This these XRs are really bringing it. What I was hyped about is my new workflow uh, Siri shortcut, rather, um, that is now enabled with iOS 12. So whenever I go home now, I just say going home, and it fires off the text to Rachel, and now I can even starts my overcast queue. That's the only addition. Everything else I could do before, <laughs> but now it will start my overcast queue. And I've added a Siri shortcut that is resume um, overcast. And if I say the incantation, uh, it just starts playing whatever it was last playing. And if I say it on HomePod, it'll start airplaying on the HomePod. Oh. Um, yeah. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So there's nothing stopping me from making a serious shortcut to say resume Spotify. And then that will get me into Spotify. Um, right. Whatever I was last listening to. Once they add Siri shortcut, which I don't think they have that yet. Oh, that's really helpful. Because, yeah, because, right, it's, it, that's one of the other annoyances, right, of getting in a car and, like, what is your car going to, what audio is going to come out of your car when your phone connects? You have no idea. <laughs> it's like a gamble yeah, every freaking time. I know. So, so yeah. I, <laughs> I've been getting so much of uh, Rush's Caravan lately, because um, I guess that was, like, the last thing I listened to on Apple Music, and right. it, like, always keeps playing every once in a while yeah i saw one time i was um i was watching a freaking uh twitter video from safari right it might have been what <laughs> you sent me or something but that yeah. was that was the last thing i listened to i guess because when i turned on the car this weird sound just started coming happening with like people's voices i was like what the hell is this and i realized it's like oh my god it, this this stupid twitter video is what it's playing you know and and like the funny thing is somehow it's just loading that audio from safari and that's it you know like when i when i go to safari yeah. it's not even loaded you know like the video is not even loaded i'm like how is it doing this so it's really bizarre um but i was just like okay this is this is crazy so yeah that's a good idea i have a shortcut to just say like you know either resume my music apple music or resume you know my my libby audiobook you know or whatever yeah if people build these in i mean shoot dude i knew that series short- shortcuts would be picked up by apps when I saw Great Clips, I had the Great Clips app on my phone. I haven't gone to a Great Clips in years, but I guess I had at home my phone. That's fine. And, yeah. and they had a Siri shortcut, so I guess I could like book an appointment through Siri. Yeah, which is yeah, like yeah. Pretty cool. Um, and even have like maybe choose like your preferred, um, you know, hair cutter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. make it all. I don't know. Oh, yeah, but I, yeah, I didn't realize you could even do that. But yeah, shortcuts are a thing. I haven't really played too too much yet, but I'm super excited. Um, you know, like I was, I was air pressing some coffee this weekend. I said log coffee and it, it logged it in my health kit that I had a coffee and my caffeine intake. Yeah. 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 And I, I, I was at one point logging water. I fell out of the, the routine, but, um, yeah, you know, just having fun, dude. <laughs> so I didn't know you were, okay. Are you, are you really, um, like on a, on a Fitatron 5000 or something like that? Or <laughs> yeah. logging uh, all your health, your, your, your calories consumed and. No, not at all. I'm not doing calories consumed at all. I do the um, I do coffee because a friend made an app, and I think it's actually really cool. Um, I think it's a brilliant app. Um, so Joe Kaplinski made uh, an app called Recaf. It actually launched today. He had some issues. Uh, it, it just didn't get approved by Apple for like over a week, so he, he missed iOS launch day. But um, I think it's brilliant, and the reason why is it does some really basic machine learning to... Um, identify your patterns with coffee consumption or i mean it's any caffeine mind you yeah uh, okay. i just i just happen to drink coffee right um and it'll do something like this so like if it's 10 o'clock and i haven't logged that i drank coffee yet it'll just service a reminder saying hey did you forget and right from that reminder i can interact with a user interface to create um i can either just say add it like at that exact time or I can like edit the time and add it, or I can say not this time, um, or I can even say like don't show me these anymore. You know, that's oh, the third option. Yeah. But most of the time, I'm like, well, one of two things happens. I'm like, oh yeah, I did have coffee. I forgot. Thank you. Hit it. And or other times, I'll, I'll just say no, not this time. And I love it because I never miss coffee editions anymore because it knows how I am. <laughs> um, yeah. Huh. I guess like the only time it would catch me is if I have like a late night coffee and I don't log it, then it would not know to ask that question. Uh-huh. But um, 
but yeah, it's it's super cool. I think that's a really yeah, tasteful. That's interesting. Okay, it's a really tasteful notification, and it's uh it's awesome how you can interact. I feel like I'm I'm the kind of just caffeine coffee addict that wouldn't need this because I'm constantly thinking about when my next cup of coffee is going to be. <laughs> you should uh you should get it, man. Yeah, Recaf. well, but that's what I'm saying is I don't really need a reminder because I'm always wanting coffee. Uh, well, you might <laughs> need a reminder to log it. You might forget to log it. Not so much to have it. <laughs> it's not oh, saying, wow. hey, go drink some coffee. It's saying, hey, did you drink some coffee? Oh, 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 so it's just logging it. But then what do you what do you get out of the logging out of all the data? I mean, if you also log your sleep every night, you could maybe make extrapolations with how much coffee you have and how it affects your sleep. Um, oh, okay. Or you could just be logging it because, like, for whatever reason, I just log it because I, I think it's pretty cool. I think it's brilliant. I think that um, these these um, this app could be applied to so many different things in life that people might want to track um, in their life. Just to have data points for and yeah, it's. I think that the framework of how the app works could could be great for that. Does it does it do any of the analysis for you? Is it like giving you trend charts or I don't no? Know, it doesn't. It, doing it doesn't really doesn't really do any of that yet. Oh okay. It, it's it's you, literally just a way to log it. Can you export the data? Well, it's all in HealthKit. Oh okay, all right. Yeah, HealthKit has it. Uh, okay. Yeah, you can do stuff with it, and other apps could see it and, and manipulate it. But he hasn't really tackled that problem yet. He just wanted to make a way that from his watch or from Siri or whatever he could very quickly yeah. log his cup and i think it's a great little app yeah we didn't get i don't know if we probably didn't can't get to the api world thing because i gotta i gotta help carolina with some stuff so <laughs> yeah yeah no, no, that's all good uh api world um was a huge disappointment <laughs> oh uh, i'm sorry to hear about that yeah i mean it's it is what it is it's all good basically like um my synopsis of the conference is, hey, have you ever had this problem when making your API? Like, just so happens we created this service or product to fix that problem. Here's how, like, here's a tech demo. And it's like, no, I wanted to learn how to fix that problem. Oh, not to just, like, buy a product to do it? Uh... Everything was just, like, demos of products to buy to solve your problems. And I'm like, what is this? It, it felt more like a trade show than it was a... Uh... I see. Then a conference. Like a developers conference. Yeah. So it's a little unfortunate. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And it's not like libraries that you buy. It's like full on software. That's no, like huge suites of software. Okay. I see. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, okay. Oh, test your API endpoint and like, you know, check for performance and all yeah. that and like monitor yeah. it. And I'm like, oh yeah, these are all like real things. And like, sure. I completely get how some people who are like doing these things at scale, like they're not trying to build, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel there and this is useful for them. Exactly. But like I'm coming in being like, I want to develop high quality APIs, teach me. Yeah. And there were like two talks about that. <laughs> yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, well, Yeah. I see why it's a disappointment. Yeah. When I present what I learned on this conference, I'm going to be like, here is like 24 hours of talks distilled into five minutes. Trust me, <laughs> you miss nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you got to make it sound interesting enough so they keep sending you out there, you know? <laughs> I don't care about API world, but there are plenty of conferences I might suggest that we go to in yes. the future that I think would actually be useful. So, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. All right. I mean, it, it was nice to go out there, see some friends. It was very sure. odd being in San Jose during an Apple event that was not WWDC. 